Say, I am betting you've heard about the work done in the Twin Cities and Rochester around racial covenants. They were discriminatory agreements that aimed to keep people of color and others from owning property. Well, when some central Minnesota college students learned about the history of these covenants, they wanted to know more. The students at the College of St. Benedict and St. John's University launched their own research in Stearns County. As Kirstie Marone reports, what they uncovered has lasting impacts even today. Professor Brittany Merritt Nash's honors history students were familiar with racial covenants, language inserted into property deeds that reserved homes and land exclusively for white people or prohibited them from being sold to certain ethnic groups or Jews. But most research on restrictive covenants has focused on the Twin Cities metro. Olivia Schlepper, a senior history major at St. Ben's and St. John's, says it left them with a nagging question. I guess just kind of wondering if that same thing was happening here. Back in the 1920s, St. Cloud had about 20,000 residents and very few people of color. But Christopher Lehman, an ethnic studies professor at St. Cloud State University, says that didn't stop housing developers from writing restrictions aimed at keeping out anyone who wasn't Caucasian. I suppose with these restrictive covenants came a measure of security that these all-white places were just going to stay all-white for a long time. While researching property records for historic evidence of slavery in Minnesota, Lehman discovered much more recent examples of discrimination. So instead of finding real estate deeds related to slavery in the 1850s, I was finding restrictive covenants related to the 1950s. The students at St. Ben's and St. John's decided to expand on Lehman's work. Merritt Nash says they spent hours combing through Stearns County's digitized property records. I think that all of us were found it really remarkable how many there were. Halfway through the semester, they'd uncovered 95 racial covenants in St. Cloud, St. Joseph, Cold Spring, and Sox Center. Schlepper reads me a covenant from what is now St. Cloud's Centennial Park neighborhood. That no person or persons other than of the Caucasian race shall be permitted to occupy said premises or any part thereof. It's kind of startling when you hear it written like that. Yeah. The students say builders often added standard discriminatory language to deeds for all homes in a new development. Merritt Nash says the covenants might not have actively kept out people of color because there were so few of them. But it still created in general the sense that St. Cloud and Central Minnesota were restrictive communities in which people of color aren't welcome. Layman says racial covenants didn't just exclude people from owning a home, but also from the perks of living in a neighborhood, including access to parks, schools and businesses. By not being able to buy homes in that area, you don't have property that you can pass down to your kids. And so that important intergenerational wealth is missing. Racial covenants became illegal in Minnesota in 1953, but some were drafted well after that. Nash's students found one deed signed in 1981. The students' findings don't surprise Kirsten Delegard, co-founder of the Mapping Prejudice Project. It's uncovered 30,000 similar documents in Hennepin and Ramsey counties. We know that racial covenants are pretty much in every county across the country. There's no place that people have gone looking for them where they have not found them. Delegard says powerful organizations with extensive reach promoted their use, including the National Association of Realtors and the federal government, which made racial covenants a condition of favorable loan rates in the 1930s. She says people often think of racial covenants as a reaction to the migration of Black people from the rural South to the urban North. One of the things that is illuminating about looking at Minnesota is finding that that pattern just doesn't hold true, that it's a preemptive effort here to make sure that all the land is reserved for white people. Some greater Minnesota cities, including Rochester and Mankato, have launched efforts to track and remove racial covenants. 
No organized effort is underway yet in Stearns County. But the students say they're sharing their research with the County History Museum to raise awareness. Under Minnesota law, property owners who discover racist language on their deed can fill out a form discharging the restrictive covenant. It may be largely a symbolic step, but an important one to address a legacy of racism whose effects are still felt today. Kirsty Marone, NPR News, St. Joseph. By the way, this story was made possible in part by the Minnesota Legacy Amendments Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.